Hi, I'm George Techmanshaw. This is Easton Target Podcast number 164, and it's the second podcast of 2022. And so our special guest this uh, podcast is Rod Menzer, the CEO of USA Archery. Rod, Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us. Happy New Year to you too, George, and I'm happy to be here. It's going to be a firecracker of a season, and it gets kicked off in just a few days with the first of a series of something on the order of 13 or 14 indoor national locations for USA yes. Archery Rock. Yes. Uh, pretty exciting um, stuff. It, it is. We do have one new location, which is in Kentucky, which is great. Um, we need to. And in, in fact, there. that's the first one out of the gate, right? It is. It is. Um, so. You know, I'm excited to, to have that. And I think, you know, over the next couple of years, we're going to see some more locations added. Um, so it's it's a good thing. It's a, it, you know, it's a very large tournament for us overall. I mean, generally, um, you know, we'll have 4,000 shooters between the Joad uh, Nationals and the Indoor Nationals, you know, over 4,000. So it's it's pretty, it's a pretty impressive field. Yeah, sure is. Um, one of the things that I noticed, of course, you know, that just smacks you right in the face when you look at the registration <laughs> is the huge uh, prize pot for the finals that are yes. going to take place. So let's let's walk through the process. Uh-huh. Uh, you shoot your regional event, which is, uh, for example, here in Salt Lake City. Uh, I think well, it's the third week of February. Um, yeah. You know, your Chula Vista, all the usual locations. And then you are eligible for a final group that's going to shoot in Louisville, Kentucky. Is that right? Correct. So it's really two, two events. Um, so basically the indoor, the indoor national championship is um, all of those national championship locations, you know, what, what you, as you termed regionals, but really they're indoor nationals locations. So then those scores are all combined and that determines the national champion. But we started a few years ago, um, our indoor national finals. And that basically, yes, it's the top eight in uh, compound and recurve men and women, as well as a combined barebow division. And they will go to uh, Louisville and they will shoot for um, some pretty nice prize purses. Um, yeah. this, is, this is, I mean, it's an opportunity for, for the best archers from all, you know, from the indoor nationals to uh, get up on the stage and go head to head, because that's the, the difference is, you know, it's cumulative score for the national championship, very similar to outdoors national championship. And then the U S open, right? Well, this is the national champ indoor championship and then the indoor finals. So it's, uh, it's fun. It's really exciting. And the competition and just making to the top eight is usually really difficult. Um, I mean, the top eight, um, they're good. That's all I can really oh, say. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, these, um, these are going to be the best shooters we've got in each uh, ab- category. Absolutely. And, and you're talking, you know, prize money, $8,000 for first place in the finals, uh, 4,000 second, 2,000 for third, 1,000 for fourth still. Yeah. Um, but every single person um, is going to go home with something. You make the top eight, you go home with something. Um, if you win your first match, you're guaranteed 1,000 bucks. It's a $65,000 prize pot in total. Correct. Correct. Outside of manufacturer contingency. This is just separate. And it's the same for men and women. So important point. Exactly. (laughs) Um, You know, same, same prize money for men and women and then bearable prizes, you know, it starts 2,500 bucks. 
So it's it's still, uh, you know, those are pretty substantial and they get a chance to shoot for some nice money. For sure. So the the process starts, um, the qualification, shall we say, for this separate event, as you pointed out, yep. starts this weekend and runs all, all the right. way through the end of February. Yes. Um, at all of those, and I, I did refer to them as regional, but you know what I mean. I mean <laughs> they're all indoor nationals, but they're Correct. all different locations. Yes. And all of that will wrap up by the end of February. It's March 17th, the big date for this separate uh, yes. shoot down, shall we say. Right. The day before the MFAA uh, indoor nationals. So it's it's a great thing to, to actually have... Um, you know, shooters that are, you know, reduces their costs to go to the finals. Um, plus, it also adds, you know, some recurvers and some barebow to uh, NFA's events. So we partner with them and and really try and showcase this. And in in the past, I mean, our finals broadcast, it's it's being done by Cam. And that has been, I mean, we've had almost a million people um, watch that, you know. So it, it's a pretty substantial uh, um audience for the indoor final in that stream. Yeah, absolutely. So good news. And, um, you know, just like with the Vegas shoot coming up in just a month, we've yep. got another big event right afterward. And Rod, it's going to be a big season. Um, we've got a lot of major <laughs> events this year. Um, we do. It's not yeah. quite like last year, but it's close. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you don't get the Olympics every year for sure. But. <laughs> no, but we just had so many things last year. But yes, it is a big year. Yeah. Besides the World Cup, besides what's happening with the World Games in Birmingham, Alabama in the United States, yes. Birmingham, I keep saying Birmingham as if it's in England. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I have I have fond memories of Birmingham, England, but uh, I've never been to Birmingham. Yes. I've never been to Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, yeah, I have a I have a few times and and hey, you know there is a link um, on the U.S. Airtree webpage for folks that want to have tickets to go watch the the World Games um, in Alabama, and I think it's a it's a great chance for American archery fans to show up and support uh, Team USA and uh, the World Games here in the United States. It's not often that we get an opportunity to have events like this um, in the United States. So I can't remember the last time the world games were actually held in the United States. Is that, is this the first time? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. And I think so too. At least the first time in my lifetime. So yeah, it's, it is something that, um, you know, I think is exciting. You know, you have for barebow and recurve it's field archery and for compound it's target. So 50 meter. Um, so it's, it is something that, uh, people can get tickets for, they can watch and, and see it all. And I highly encourage everybody to, to do so. Yeah. It's a, it's a great event to compete in. I can tell you that personally. And I yes, you can it as well. is. Yes. I mean, it is it a really lot is. of fun. Yep. You're and looking at the best. It's the best in the world in those disciplines. That's who's there. It's, it's a, you know, think of it as our, our final, our indoor final, right? You, it, there's only a limited uh, amount of folks that can make it. You know, just like the Olympics, actually it's to, you know, a lot less than the Olympics. So in a sense, you could say that it's even a stronger field. Um, yeah. Or so more it, difficult. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, from that standpoint. Yep. And yep. it's the showcase for all of those sports that are, some of them are Olympic sports, but some of them are not. And it's a showcase yeah. for sports yep. that would like to get on the Olympic calendar, like compound. Yes, exactly. Another reason why we need to show up in the stands to show the IOC and everybody else that compound is important to us all. 
So um, please, everyone, uh, show up, cheer. Um, but yes, compound, you know, we definitely would love to see that into the games. I think that it's a huge opportunity to showcase the very best athletes in the world in this in these disciplines, compound and recurve field and a uh, huge opportunity. But it's not the only thing going on, Rod. You've got other yes. major events. Your USAA calendar is mostly decided, I think. And you've yes, got some, uh, once again, you've got the USAT series going on. What's uh, Give us yeah. some details on that. Sure. It starts out with the Arizona Cup. Um, in Phoenix, um, you know, basically April 1st through the 3rd. And, you know, it's a great kickoff to, to the season. It, it, you know, follows the, you know, ASA has their first event there March 24th through 27th. So it's basically right after that. Um, it's always a great event. Arizona Cup, the organizers, they do such a great job. Um, and it's, so it's a super event, very well attended. So looking forward to that. And that is where we will have our um, you know, our world games, uh, trials, um, for, um, for compounds. So then, you know, basically the team will be decided after the Arizona cup using the, uh, national ranking system, um, with the results of the Arizona cup in it. How are you handling the recurve side with the uh, field archery? Uh, they're, they're going to be doing that at the field nationals, uh, which is in Yankton, which is also where the world field championships are going to be held. Yeah. Later so, in the year. Exactly. So Barebow and Recurve, the teams will be decided there. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Which is great. And that's, uh, you know, May 12th to 15th. So that's an early field in Yankton. Uh, Bring your hand warmers just in case. Uh, Yeah, maybe. But, but, you know, bring your A game for sure, because it's going to be a very competitive event in Birmingham. Um, Very much so. I, I think people need to realize that arguably it's just as competitive, if not more than world field is going to be. And yes. so, you know, you're, you're going to be up against the very best that both compound and recurve has to offer recurve field and compound target. Yep, and, no question. Uh, it's going to be a heck of a showcase. Yes. Really looking forward to seeing both of those events, all of which are going to be televised in some form or another uh, or streamed live, just like. Mm-hmm the big event that you're holding before the NFAA indoor nationals, um, you know, this finals that USA archery is putting on, that's going to be live streamed. Right. And for that, for the indoor, we were talking about the different locations. You don't have to go and shoot the one that's closest to you. You can shoot at any one. And we've seen that in the past with, you know, conflicts or other events or, or whatever prevents you from being able to attend one that's close uh, that uh, folks, you know, they just, go somewhere else. Matter of fact, uh, Tate, um, and Paige, um, you know, Pierce both went to Wisconsin last year, um, and competed there in order to get their scores in. So, yeah. And Brady is going to be competing here in Salt Lake city from what I saw on the registration list. Yeah. So you, you will see archers, good archers at every single location. And they, they do just kind of work with their schedule and find the one that uh, makes the most sense for them and they go, but they all want to make that final. Absolutely. So once again, we've got a cornucopia of events taking place <laughs> on the USA Archery website. Yep. You can go to usarchery.org and get all the details. You can register there. Uh, it's all one-stop shopping from the standpoint of registration for just about everything coming up this yes. season. Yes. And uh, and you guys have made it uh, pretty streamlined from what I've seen on the on the websites uh, it looks like it's very easy to navigate and to mm-hmm. get the information you need even accommodations and things like that you have links 
So it's yep. a, a nice package of information available at usarchery.org. Well, Rod, we're going to get joined now by a special guest, and his name is Clintavius Warnerensky, better known <laughs> to his friends as Clint Warner. Hey, Clint, good morning. Rod, how are you guys? Uh, good, thanks. How are you? I'm excellent. So Clint is just back from the ATA show. I know, Rod, you didn't have a chance to get there this year, but uh, Clint is going to talk to us a little bit about some uh, some of the cool stuff that he and his team have been working on for the last uh, you know 12 months that was uh, previewed and, and shown to the world at the ATA show that took place in Louisville this past weekend, Clint. And, yeah. you know, Rod being a, still being a competitive shooter, we want to, <laughs> we want to know what's, what's what. So Clint, we were talking a little bit and you were telling me you've got a couple of new arrows. You've got a new super drive arrow, don't you? Yeah, we do. Um, before I get into that, I just want to mention that, that at ATA, you know, uh, we, uh, um, showcased Easton's 100th anniversary. Um, so as a company, we just turned over a hundred years in our, really? which we, we haven't heard about that yet. That's awesome. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. We've been talking about it on the podcast a bit, but oh. yeah, well, how, how, what was that about? What did yeah, you do at the show? Yeah, the, no, it was really good. Um, we just, you know, we had a good presence there with our hundred year anniversary. Um, and, um, a lot of good feedback on the new product line. And so, yeah, I just wanted to uh, mention that before I get into it. But yeah, the Superdrive Super Micro. Um, that arrow for us is going to be our lightest weight, all carbon uh, outdoor competition shaft. So it's a parallel shaft, four millimeter construction. So it's akin to an Avance, but lighter weight. Now, I can see that working really well for 3D and for field and mm -hmm. uh, even for target with a heavy point. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, one of the things that, you know, I'll just take you back a little bit. When we introduced the Avance, one of the advantages to that that we spoke of, you know, as it replaced Carbon One was that the Avance pretty much allowed you to um, get a full spine size lighter in weight for an equivalent spine arrow. So, you know, as, as archers are advancing, you know, they can get more sight distance out of their sight and help them get to that range, you know, help them, help them with that. Um, the Superdrive Micro kind of takes that another step. You know, there's obviously for outdoor, the, you know, our AC products, you know, our barreled ACE um, is still probably our best choice for, you know, lightweight field archery outdoors, but there's a lot of shooters for one reason or another that want a parallel all carbon shaft. Um, and, you know, especially just with the cost differences between, you know, the whole product line Superdrive micro is a great choice for that. Um, one of the, yeah. yeah, you've got a pretty wide range of spines on this thing. It goes all the way from something you'd need for a heavy compound all the way down to um, reasonably light recurve. Yeah. So from a 325 spine all the way down to a 950. So a couple things to point out on this that are, that are interesting, the, the sizing on it is a little bit non-traditional. Um, usually we like to, you know, keep things to the even numbers. There's no reason for that other than it's just probably easier to, to remember more than anything, but like on the Avant, say we've got a 340 and then it goes 400, 450, 500, 550, and so on. Um, this one has 25 increments. It, yeah, it's in, uh, it goes 25, 75, 25, 75 all the way down. So there's a couple reasons for that, but uh, the, the, the biggest thing that that allows us to do is get the weight down even further because it, for a, 
a, a 325 spine, for example, um, it, it's a little bit stiffer arrow than a 340, but it's, it's lighter weight than a 300. So the same shooter that would shoot a 300 could probably shoot the 325 just fine, but then you'd end up with a little bit lighter weight shaft. So, yeah, you know, where, and where, because it's lighter, it shoots dynamically stiffer. And so you get a little benefit that way. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, yep, exactly. Pretty innovative stuff here because this, yeah. uh, and the straightness on this thing is pretty impressive too. You've got a 2000 straightness spec on, on this, which for an all carbon arrow is, is really good. Yeah. I think, think that's going to be a winner for you, um, for sure. I mean, I'm excited because, you know, I'll be recommending that to a lot of folks. It's the perfect um, entry level arrow to get into a lot of, um, you know, our events because, you know, they want that smaller diameter. Um, but of course, speed is nice to have as well. So, and then for 3D, yes, I do believe, George, I agree with you. I think it'll be, there's going to be some folks that are really going to like that. Um, so I think, I think it's great. What kind of point weights are you, um, are you doing with it? Is it a, like a break-off system um, similar to some of the others? And Yeah, so it's going to be uh, recommended for use with our ML series stainless steel break-off point. So de depending on the size, so what the way that works is there's four different points. Um, each of them is a, is a 30 grain break-off spread. So in the um, two weakest sizes, it's a 60 to 80. Um, and then the middle of the road sizes, it's 70 to 90. Um, and then the stiffer sizes is 90 to 110 and 100 to 120. Great. So, so potential there for some serious FOC if you want that. Or mm -hmm. you can set it up with a lighter weight for a little more speed for your compound setups. Yeah. A lot of yeah. flexibility there. And the and works, system uh, yeah, for that. Tell, tell us yeah. about the NOx for that. Being a four millimeter construction, um, it's going to be compatible with all of our um, existing four millimeter pins, pin knocks, G pin knocks that you'd put in a, in a pro comp or an ACE, for example. So pretty much our, our, our full range of uh, small diameter components will be compatible for it. Yeah. But for people that don't know, that means you can also have the micro light knock. Um, you can have the G knock. And if you know you want to, you can use it with the various pin knock systems. Again, Correct. a lot of variability flexibility there for yeah, recurve or compound exactly yeah when you're when you're selecting all of that make sure to consult the chart too for the appropriate fitment you know there's different diameters of pins and and whatnot for those not not yeah, all but you've actually simplified that quite a bit you've made it a lot easier to figure out i think well we, you know? we tried to yeah archery can be complex and you know obviously we we relish in our complexity um, yeah. <laughs> so much stuff and we, but no, it's been a big deal for us to try to simplify that over the last few years. Um, well, going I, along with that, you guys have developed a new app. Uh, I've seen it on uh, the uh, Apple app store and I think it's available on Android as well. And if that app actually, uh, can really help with looking stuff up and figuring out, you know, all of this sort of, you know, inside baseball as to what size point and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, the app's that's great. The, that's I, I the Eastern Archery app on the, uh, I know at least I use an iPhone, so I know where it is on the Apple store, but uh, you can search on the Google store, I presume, for the Eastern Archery app. And and that's got a, a, a lot of information. Yeah, the app's great. It, I used to actually keep a hard copy of the catalog um, with me all the time where I go and I'd use it for a good you know, technical resource to look at component fitment and stuff. But the app, I feel, is better. Um, I can more quickly maneuver back and forth to what I'm trying to find. So I think it's a better tool for that. 
And um, as time goes on, we plan on putting a lot more technical resources on the app. So uh, we're just getting started with that, but uh, certainly our catalog, our product information is there along with some shaft selection charts. Well, both Rod and me are traveling archers, right? So we have a particular interest in one particular thing that you uh, highlighted at the show, and that's the bow truck. Yeah. I love that thing. That is the bomb. (laughs) That is the bomb. Tell us about, tell our listeners about the bow truck. I'm kind of a a bow case geek. Um, Kind of a bow case geek, (laughs) Rod, is like saying, I mean, okay. All right, guys. Is there a perfect bow case? Is there? And uh, is it the truck? If there's a perfect bow case, it resides in the dreams of Clintavius. I can tell you that much. Well, I, I think we've arrived at least at least um, the last one we've done so far. I mean, I'm awesome. But yeah, let, I've been making roller bags now for ten years, probably eleven years. Um, we started with the three wheeled Easton case yeah. um, that we brought out. I think it was twenty. Goes back to 2012, 2013, yep. maybe. And that case, you know, at the time was the best thing out there. You know, there were some, yes. somebody had been using the, as good as zippers and as good as wheels, you know, things like that. Um, so we, we started with that. And, and then over the years, you know, the nice thing about having some, some um, history in the, in the game is people are starting to wear out their cases. And so you can start to see where, where their weak points are over time, you know, and how they're going to wear out and then looking at what you can do to improve it. And, you know, uh, some of the top shooters, you know, Steve, for example, he can burn out a case in, let's call it 12 to 15 months, <laughs> yes. case, you know, and before, before the Easton case, he was, he was going through a case in, in six to nine months. And then, so these, these traveling shooters are putting, you know, upwards of 150,000 miles a year in a normal, let's we'll call it in a normal year when travel is, is, is unbridled, but it's not the travel; it's the tender ministrations of the baggage handlers for the airlines that's the issue. Right, that is it. Yes, so really. The the opportunity for us with prior, you know, to developing the boat truck was in making a case that could withstand the abuses of of travel, and the TSA folks and you know handlers and stuff. So, I pretty much went back to square one. You know, you're going to look at the case and you're going to say, well, it looks a lot like the current one, and it does because I feel like the function was the easy part to nail. You know, I mean, everybody, you know, knew what they, how they like to store their bow and, and how they like to store their gear. So that, that part's easy, but the hard part comes in the refinement and then in the science of understanding what, what materials are going to make it last longer. So we, we pretty much went, went to the starting from the ground up on, on material selection and the materials we have chosen for that are it's a Cordura ballistic nylon. And I'll geek out a little bit on nylon and fabric that's out there. So there's, there's different types of fabric available. The most common is polyester. Um, that's typically what you see used in most bow cases in our industry, um, primarily because it's of its low cost. And, and frankly, it does a good enough job for like a shoulder bag or a, a recurve backpack or something like that. You know, the polyesters that are out there are great for that, but they don't hold up for long-term, you know, a high abrasion. They don't like getting dragged. Luggage. Yes, yeah, exactly. So if you go to a step up from that, you've got nylon and then uh, what's called ballistic nylon. The stuff we're using is even better than that. Um, what we have done is we've, there's a, another type of, a subset of nylon called type 66 nylon. 
And that is something that's uh, pretty much used only in specialty applications. So some examples that would use the, the 66 nylon is things like airbags in cars, um, uh, body armor, um, horse saddles. Now, there's some very specific application for it, but because it's so expensive, you typically only find it in products where the use demands it. You know, if you if you leave it to corporations and and profit-minded individuals, there's always more volume potential at the lower end of things. And so companies will typically, you know, just go for the cheaper stuff because they can sell more of it. But this is a product that I, I just didn't want that. I wanted it to be the best it could possibly be. And so the fabric we've used, we're using is that type 66 ballistic nylon. There's nothing better on, on the planet for fabric. It has the highest abrasion uh, resistance, the highest tear strength. Um, and in the, in the prototypes that Steve has been using. Um, for over a year now, from what I understand. Over two years. Yeah. yeah he's, he's had over two years. So, I mean, he, and showing virtually nowhere on it. You know, just by looking at his case too, you can definitely see how the fabric shines. Um, so we've, we've just started with that, you know, started with the, the fabric we're using. Um, it's the very best that there is. There's nothing better. Um, you know, and the fabric cost for that fabric is three times the cost of other fabrics um, that are out there, even other nylons, which are already good stuff. So, you know, what impressed me was the wheels. The wheels are really, yeah, we went with an oversized wheel. Um, it has a better, uh, much easier pull with it. And, you know, and then just made some other enhancements to it. You know, one other thing to mention is the zipper. Um, even though we were using a premium YKK zipper on our other case, any time that we saw zipper failure or as a, as the, case wore out, it was usually where the stitching in the zipper started to unravel. And yeah, but this so, is a different type of zipper, right? We are, we're using a woven YKK zipper. It's a woven in zipper and there's actually no stitching at all holding the zipper tape to the, the zipper fabric itself. So and nothing so, to fail. It, it, right, you could have abrasion right on that high point of the zipper and it's not gonna come unraveled. So that's something that matters big time when you've got, you know, when you're depending uh, on, yeah. on a zipper to hold your bow in there. So, yeah. And it's got some outside pockets for quick access. It's got a bunch of other stuff. One of the things you were able to do without, I think, was the sort of cumbersome travel cover sleeve kind of situation, right? I mean, yeah. this thing is so good that it doesn't need that kind of protection like you traditionally yeah, those, have seen. Those travel covers are just a sacrificial, they're very low cost. They're a sacrificial cover, but they weigh an extra three pounds. And so, you know, yeah, when you're, that's when you're, big. Yeah, when you're limited on weight, and um, with this new fabric we're using, you don't even need it. Yeah, three pounds is is a weight stack for real wild. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, the, you know, there's a, just some other subtle refinements that we've made that, you know, as a user of it, I've used it quite a bit, um, you know, just better handles, easier pocket access, you know, the ability to attach multiple bags to the bag so you could have just one hand free. Um, all of those things are possible with this new bag. Yeah, I, start I love that actually about that, Clint, the, the attaching bags. You know, I have been to events where, you know, you're going for a long period of time, you get your bow case, you got big bags, you got, I mean, all this stuff. So you get three or four bags and you're trying to figure out without a cart, how in the world you're gonna get that to your rental car or whatever. And, um, you know, I put some good indents in my wrists and stuff, right? Trying to do, trying to drag them along. 
And um, I love that the way you have that set up there, you know, about what, but two thirds of the way up, you've got that extra hook to be able to hook stuff on there and, and take it along. That's awesome. Yeah. The case really is very functional and, and it's a workhorse, you know, when are you going to start shipping these bad boys, Clint? Um, we've got them shipping now. So um, we've got two lengths, a 47 inch long one and a 40 inch long one. And they are in stock right now shipping um, every day. So put me down for a 40, because for a recurve shooter, that's just about ideal. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, the same one Brady uses, actually. Um, about the same length as the one he uses, yeah. So I might not be able to shoot like Brady, but I can carry my bow like him. No, well, you can be like Brady. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, sounds great. I mean, I've got, I mean, currently I you know, use the Easton bow case, right, in a soft case, uh, the previous, and... Uh, funny thing is down, you know, where I store it, of course, down in my basement, um, my dog loves to use it as a dog bed. So he, he always has to jump on top of it and it's the perfect dog bed outside <laughs> of my boat. So he's always jumping on it and, but he's never broken anything inside. So that again, shows, yeah. shows that these soft cases actually protect your equipment really, really well. Um, they do. it is, it is amazing. Actually, I think they actually protect it better than the hard cases. Well, and the other thing, of course, is that you can use them to pack your extra clothing and other items, yes. and that serves as yep. well to, you know, look, back in the 80s, uh, it was pretty popular to take something like a Pelican case and cut out the foam on the inside and custom yep. fit all your, that wastes so much space, and at the end of the day, it doesn't do anything to protect stuff. Correct. Yeah, uh, the, 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 you know, the biggest thing with a hard case is their weight, you know, and, yes. and when, you, when you have something that's upwards of 30 pounds empty, it's just never a fun experience to use it. And, and the thing that most people don't realize with these soft travel bags is they, they are so lightweight. I mean, ours empties 12 to 13 pounds, uh, the big one. Yeah, that's and right. so it's light to begin with. It'll become your everyday boat case. I mean, you'll be using it every day as your primary case. Just yeah, just to go down to the club. You don't have to, you know, you're not, you're not just using this to go to Nîmes or Vegas. You can use right. this uh, on a daily basis to go down to your club and, and protect your gear properly and, and have your extra stuff with you that you want to have. Yep, exactly. And that's, that's something that I've, I've come to uh, appreciate with it just over the years. It was not my intent for it to be my everyday case, but it's just, it's the one I prefer to use. Yeah. Well, Clint, that's pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, any other, any other showcase items you want to talk yeah, about before got, we wrap up? Uh, no, let's let, I've got two more things. I've got, uh, there's the new vector arrow, which is a pretty cool arrow. Um, we've had another arrow called vector before, you know, in the line, it was a low cost feather, um, a beginner arrow. It's a, it's a club arrow, but what we've done, that's a really good arrow, but it, we only had it in, in one size. So now we've expanded that out. Um, it's just the perfect club arrow for for bare bow shooters so you know if you're looking for an, a lower price arrow to get somebody started on a recurve um you know that's the perfect arrow for it so it's going to come uh, in a longer overall length up to 32 inches depending on the size oh very good uh, yeah so adults yeah. can use this thing bare bow shooters can use this thing they can get their point of aim that could be a really uh, big deal especially at the uh the quality at that price yeah, that's a dang good arrow too. Um, you know, you don't don't let the price fool you. Um, the quality of it's really good. Yeah, and we have spines up to uh, uh, six hundred spine down to fourteen hundred, and then in one inch increments in the overall length thirty two down to twenty eight. Now those come ready to shoot, so they come with points and knocks installed 
cut to length. It's pretty wow. much a grab, a grab, go shoot arrow. It's again, it's perfect for clubs. You know, a lot of shops, they, they have precious time and um, it's better. Their time's better spent, you know, doing other things, tuning bows and that sort of thing, fixing bows. Um, this arrow just, we want to make it easy, easy for people to get it. And, and for your dealers, you're selling these in multi-packs. You, you know, you can get, I they think come in a 72 pack. Yeah. So they're, they're sold individually and they are feather fletched. So again, so they're super forgiving out of the boat. That sounds um, like a great deal for, for Joe ed program too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then lastly is, uh, our big eight target series through the Delta McKenzie brand, the big and, eight target. Yeah. So what we've got now is two poured foam, um, two poured foam targets. Now they're not a 3d target. They're a, a block style target. The, the big eight series, they're both hex, hexaga, uh, hexagonal shapes. Now what we, what we're saying on this is it's the first target on the market to have an asymmetric hexagon design, meaning that not all the lengths of the hexagon are the same length. So, you know, think of it as more like a stretched out, a stretched out hexagon. So among other things, it's self-standing, self-supporting. Yeah, it's self-standing. Now, the reason that we did it, you know, we put a lot of study into, um, you know, when people shoot at a target, obviously they're, they're shooting into the center. And so what would be the most efficient shape you could make a target that would use the least amount of material? Dump the corners and give it more centers. Exactly. Yeah. And so the reason you do that, I mean, targets are very, very expensive to make. So yeah. if you make a target that's square, if you think about it, everything that's out in the corner is really unusable foam. Um, you know, and usually when you miss, you know, you, you miss in a circular pattern so that that group just opens up, you know, mm -hmm. out from the center. So having it in a hexagonal shape allows it to be self-standing without a stand, without the need for a stand, of course, but still kind of encompasses that that circular uh, grouping that most people are going to have. And you can spread out the wear. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, go ahead. The thing that I like about this, Clint, is the incredible amount of aiming dots that you've already put on it. And, and it is, you know, you don't have to be carrying a paper target with you. It's easy to throw in the back of your truck. You can take it out and put it somewhere before you're going to go hunting, um, try something. But even the backyard, you don't have to worry about rain. You know, it's, it's got great handles built into it. So it's easy to carry. Um, but the amount of aiming dots, um, I absolutely love that. And I think, I think this is a, a great design. Yeah. And, and with it be eight sided, um, you know, there's other multi-sided targets on the market, but sometimes you get up in the, you know, like some of the, like there's an 18 sided target out there. Some of those sides are just not very big. So what we felt like with the eight sides is it's, it's nice to have multiple sides, but you want to have multiple large sides. And so having eight sides really gives you large, you know, things to shoot at. And there's dots on every one of those sides. So this really yeah. is a 10 sided usable target. And um, the foam is, the foam is the special, foam is, right? Clint? It is special. Yeah. We actually um, have worked in collaboration with the ASA to develop this foam. So last year at all of the ASA events, there was an albino deer on the practice range. And the, the, the core in the albino deer was made using this new foam that we've developed. So what we wanted was a foam that could withstand the rigors of tournament use and still had a manageable pull force. And up till now, it's always kind of been that you could choose one. You know, it's easy to, to find foams that could pull easy or last a long time, but it was, 
you're usually really sacrificing the other um, to, to get what you wanted. And so um, with, with the new foam that we're doing on this, um, we feel like we've accomplished both. It actually gets uh, more durability than any of the other competitors' premium target foams that we've ever tested it against. So it gets better durability than anything on the market, but better pull force than those premium foams that are out there. DMTargets.com is the uh, website for information on that, as well as all the other Delta McKenzie targets. Clint and Rod, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us on the podcast today. I am looking forward to catching up with you, Rod, uh, as Indoor Nationals results start rolling in and uh, look forward to seeing both you guys in Vegas. Sounds great. Thanks, George. Yep. Thank you.